Welcome to the 168th edition of the Guna Podcast. This is your host, Kevin Witcher, and we are recording this on the Tuesday evening after Arsenal's win at Fulham, as we begin the second of three international breaks this autumn. As usual, I'll begin with the very brief panel intros, and I mean brief, although I will at least tell you what the panellists are drinking. Let's start with a regular guest on Sparkling Water. It's Mr. David Udo. Hello there. Next up, the Highbury spy himself, nursing a bottle of Chilean Malbec. It's Mr. Steve Ashford. Good evening, afternoon or morning, whenever you're listening. <laughs> and last but not least, the original founder of the Guna, in possession of a bottle of pale ale, Mr. Mike Francis. Good evening. Right, gentlemen. Um, interesting um, times at the club. A few new things to discuss. But uh, as ever, we've uh, asked our listeners for some contributions for uh, discussion topics. So I'll run through some of these. I'm going to start with Pete Mountford on Twitter. And he says, Has the general media totally misread the meaning of we've got our Arsenal back at the chance from the fans at Fulham, thinking we are now contenders this season? Now, I will admit I've missed this. So presumably there was a story that relates this chant to some belief that we're going to win the title. Or uh, uh, am I just... I think it was a, one of the very many miserable, miserable, cynical journalists, people like Martin Samuel and Neil Custis, caught up on it and thought, oh, these cocky, bloody North Londoners win one game, think they're back to the 2004 Invincibles. You know, they don't know how lucky they were and stuff like that. So yeah. people completely, I think, I think in fairness, Pete's comments correct his complete misinterpretation. Yes, it was just, uh, I mean, we've got our Arsenal back. <laughs> we, we have got our Arsenal fan. Would that be the Pete Mountford, the Brighton fan? It is Pete. Pete, Pete yeah. from, from Brighton. It will be uh, listening, I'm sure. Yeah. Um, the reason they sang we've got our Arsenal back wasn't because we've gone back to 2004 or because we've gone, you know, we're anywhere near winning the title and the, you know, the, the, the invincible season. It's because we've stopped playing tippy-tappy, fannying around outside the area, going from left to right, left to right, with 20 passes going 1-0 up 10 minutes from the end and then losing 2-1 against teams like Fulham. Right. <clears throat> they were singing, we've got our arsenal back because we break with speed, we break with creativity. <clears throat> they sang that after we scored that brilliant third goal where Ramsey back it in, which was a culmination of, of, of about 10 different passes and headers. A brilliant break from defence to attack with speed, which in the latter years of Wenger's reign, we never saw. Mm. So to, to see that again... You know, and, and to go three-one up at Fulham, uh, a ground where we, under Wenger, might possibly have lost. You know, they were just euphoric, and we've got our Arsenal back. I think it's that we've got we've got a feeling back with the club, isn't it? It's yeah. The fans are connected to the club again, which was increasingly not happening over the last few years. You know, the reasons for that, I think, you know, you, you, could, you could you could debate it for hours. I mean, Wenger was clearly the catalyst for a lot of it, but. That's not the only reason, but it's just, you know, we're enjoying going to games again. We're enjoying seeing the players play in the football, which was, you know, similar to what was in the, in the early days of the years. Mm. And we can, we feel, I, th- I think there's a connection between the fans and the players. There really, really seems to be a camaraderie yeah. spirit between well, 
I mean, the way they celebrated on, on Sunday, I mean, thankfully it was at Craven Cottage, where obviously the, the pitch is on top of the stands and everything. But I mean, the now almost, you know, the, the now famous already third goal, uh, and you had, um, uh, you had the, the cameras right in their face and um, uh, leaning in to, to hug fans and everything with clenched fists, proper come on, lads, like that. You see the videos before the game, don't you? People like Tony Adams and Rocky saying, come on. So it's like the players want to be there and they're, they're letting their supporters know that they want to be there and they're glad they're doing it in front of, of those, those guys as supporters rather than customers, how we've been treated, like, well, still being treated, you know. But um, it, there was, uh, you know, I sadly like to watch it at home with a massive hangover rather than going to the cottage. But um, it, it just like everyone there was having a brilliant time, as you do at Craven Cottage. But no, it was, it was, it was our Arsenal back. You haven't seen the players this happy for ages. Mm. Even the, even the ones on the bench are laughing, joking, chatting to each other. In the latter years of Wenger, you know, the, the players on the bench would just sit there, sullen-faced. You know, <laughs> Vic Akers, Mr Shorts, <coughs> with his miserable face. I mean, if the, I can't tell you how brilliant it is getting rid of the likes of Vic Akers, Neil Banfield, um, Jerry Payton, the keeper coach, um, Bora Promovich, who didn't do anything apart from... Uh, blow the gaff on Marseille when they rocked the title out of Wenger in 1990-something. The the players are just so happy. I mean, it's just unbelievable to see the players play with a spring in their step again. And one of the great criticisms of the last 10 years of Wenger was possession football that didn't lead anywhere, which was complete antithesis to what his first 10 years were like, when we broke the speed and power and, you know, we just created chances out of nothing. Um, you know, we've got that back now. We've got that speedy attacking football back, and, and we seem to have done away with the, you know, the, the left to right, not getting anywhere football. Okay. Um, do you really? Can you really pin the reason for change on the backroom staff? Um, In terms of the players, well, not the backroom staff. The reason for change is we've got a decent manager at last. Right. A manager who's won trophies everywhere he's been apart from Valencia but he got them in the top three and got them in the Champions League um, was it what, Valencia I, he won the Europa League with four years in a time was that severe severe, severe. Yeah. That was severe. I, I think it's more than that I think it's more than just the manager I think it's, it's you know we come back to the players having a enjoying themselves again I just think they got bored of, of going and hearing the same voice all the time mm. you know I, you know there's a lot to be said for, for having change for change's sake but you know that sometimes that is a good thing sometimes it can be just get out of the monotony of going in and doing the same thing every day on the training pitch, listening to the same voices, telling you the same things, and going out and it's not working on the pitch. Um, and you know we've got new people saying new things, and suddenly everyone's enjoying it and yeah. training in a different way. Was it last week? I read, I read something that we'd actually trained on the pitch in, yeah. in Carabao Friday, which we never did under Wenger did we we'd never, we would never train yeah. on, no. on the opposition we change there. in afternoons now rather than mornings we're, tra- um, we're training at the same time the kick off of the next game as well uh, yeah, aren't yeah, we yeah. whereas you had said that before I think on Twitter and apparently you train at the Emirates the day before a home yeah, match as well yeah. to get yeah. used to the Emirates and to get, get the winning mentality and it's not all about that but it's, it's different yeah. and yeah. I, think, I think you know I think change, everyone yeah. likes to change every, from time to time and I can't I, I, couldn't, I could never believe well, when we went away in Europe um, you had the opportunity to spend half a day training at the, the opposition's pitch you know on their ground to get used to the turf everyone knows that you know grounds leave the turf, turf longer and they do things to the pitch you know then you went out there, the players wouldn't have been aware of anything like that. 
because they never trained on those things. Fingers were to go for a walk, wouldn't yeah, they? Only yeah. take them for a walk. Yeah. Well, the, 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 the thinking behind it was that without any variation or distraction to the routine, yeah. the players would be more focused. That yeah. was the argument. <coughs> that purportedly wasn't true in the last couple of years of Fingers Reign. Especially at away games, where we were lucky to win one once every three months. Well, whether or not it works is another debate. Yeah. Um, I mean, the only thing I would say was that Arsenal's record in Europe under Wenger didn't suggest that we were doing something which we're giving the team an advantage by mm. doing it differently. Because mm. all, all the other teams train on the pitch like oh absolutely I think was the only manager that doesn't I take advantage of that this right. whole change is as good as rest isn't yeah. it I mean I don't know yeah. about you but I mean I've seen a couple of interview, interviews with the Wobi they say things it's like oh training's hard mm. you know because rather than two years of doing nothing and you say to the manager oh sorry I'm, I'm interpreting uh, the game through the medium of concentration oh yeah I really like it it's great now um, apparently Emery's very very hands on rather than relying on his coaching staff to do it saying uh, you, you know, uh, going up to them saying, I want you to do this, that, and the other, do it now, whatever, ordering them, rather than Wenger and sitting there and not, not doing a Sam Allardyce or Paul Sturrock with an egg sandwich, but you know, but not getting as involved as, as Emery is. But there's been a few comments like that, hasn't there? There's definitely mm. been a, you know, a few players come out and sort of commented on, on how good it is to, to have a coach telling you what to do mm. and telling you where to improve rather than what we had before. Because <laughs> I think what they've said, you know, they, they, they still don't want to blame Wenger, but. Clearly, there's just a different, different yeah. feel to the whole. You know, the fans, the, the players. I think it's, it's just a different feel in the stadium. Is that what, exactly what the Ox was saying after you know three, four months at Liverpool when he didn't really play um, before Christmas, but he had Klopp actually coaching him. And uh, I don't know who that Ox who played for Liverpool second half of last year was, but Christ, would liked him at our place. Apparently, apparently, Chamberlain needed a pre-season when he went to Liverpool. He'd already had a pre-season at Arsenal, mm-hmm. which presumably consisted of playing five aside. Mm-hmm. When he went to Liverpool, they couldn't believe how unfit he was. When Giroud went to Chelsea earlier this year, and I didn't see him for about two months after that, didn't watch any Chelsea games on Saturday, I saw their FA Cup semi-final against Southampton, and I didn't recognise him. He was so thin. He lost so much weight under a proper training regime, you know, where well, he actually trained. The interesting thing about Sunday's game was that Arsenal looked to the fitter team in the second half in spite of a uh, five and a half hour flight uh, back from Baku on uh, Thursday night Friday morning and at 12 noon Sunday kickoff. Um, now in the past certainly last season the Europa League was, was partially blamed for some poor performances on the Sunday um, I mean, this is another thing with Wenger. Yes. Another thing with Wenger. I mean, he was always telling the players. Yes, <laughs> we're always telling them. It's contrast. And goodness knows, we've been saying we this can only years. contrast for years. <laughs> I mean, he was telling the players they were tired. Right. I mean, if you tell someone they're tired, they're going to be tired. Actually, that's a very good point. That's a quote my dad always comes up with. Yeah. Yeah. But uh, you get, you know, outside Chamberlain on his first full game. I think that was a home to Manchester United. Started on the right wing, stole the entire game. But his pre-planned 63rd minute substitution came in. He's like, no, I'm, f- I'm, I'm fine. No, no, you're knackered. No, I'm fine. I remember Arshavin got booed on. I remember that. He sort yeah. of turned around to the crowd and said, oh, thanks, I'll give it a go. 
Yeah. Yeah. I, mean, I, I always used to wonder, I mean, every Carling Cup tie, <coughs> or League Cup tie, whatever they call it these days, every Europa League team, Wenger always put a youth team out, or a mixture of youth team and mm. squad players. Yes. Emery seems to be putting more first team players out for these games. And when someone said to him, aren't you going to make the players tired by doing this in the press? He said, my players can easily play three games a week. What's the problem? Right. Well, that seems to be everyone else's mentality as well. Mm. It was only Wenger who had a problem <coughs> playing three games a week. Sending the players, they were tired. I think, I think there's plenty that, that moan about it. I mean, yeah. Sarri's so, so come to them a number of games. So I, I think to say that it was just Wenger that does that, I think it's probably harsh. But, but it is... a a breath of fresh air to see yeah, Emery yeah. come in and, and give the counter argument, and and you know, and, well, you know, the, the counter. I mean, that's that first Europa League game when it, when you know we were expecting the reserves out there, mm. and, yeah. and Bamiyang started, and Lacazette and Özil came off the bench. We go, bloody hell! Oh, you know, yeah. so. I know. Well, the, the counter argument is the second half of Fulham, mm. you know, because that's not talk; that's evidence, isn't it? Mm. Um, so one imagines that the training regime up to this point certainly um, is not knackering out the players even though they're supposedly doing more training yeah it doesn't really equate on one level well I think the reason you train is to build up a level of fitness and apparently Emery concentrates on cardiovascular quite heavily I did, I did read somewhere that, that, that there's a gymnasium right next to the training pitches under a marquee okay so that they, they, they play and then they go and do the cardiovascular stuff straight afterwards. Yeah. Um, and Emery reckons that the benefits to the fitness on that is just incredible. Right. So it seems to be bearing fruit, mm-hmm. all being well. Mm-hmm. And none of us had a moment once yet, have we? No, no, fair point. Um, right, let's try and get uh, onto some other uh, listeners' contributions. I think this is a gag from Simon Rose uh, he <laughs> tweeted when will the media realise that we're going to win the league November February or May well Simon seems to think we're going to win the league cup and Europa league as well so I've got <laughs> bet with him that we won't win both of those competitions so <laughs> he's um, certainly generous odds I gave him <laughs> he's certainly very optimistic there was a piece I think in the first issue of the Gooners season by Simon from memory, indicating that he was very optimistic that we were going to do very well this season. Oh, you know what sounds like? It's like memory knows best. Yeah, okay. <laughs> wasn't, the, wasn't the AKB at one stage, Simon Rose? <laughs> I believe. No, I so. believe he was. Yes, um, and then he saw the lights. And we were on it with his friends <laughs> for a podcast, weren't we? Yes, yeah, yeah, some, 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 some some he, he does about one a season. Yeah, yeah. Um, okay, so I mean, does anyone seriously think? Arsenal could win the league this season. Let's get that out. It's it's a much tighter league than it was last year when, when City had, had won it before everything kicked off. I mean, okay, not answer your question, no, I don't. But let's face it, I mean, the top five teams, there's only three points between them. I say it's second international break as well. It's it's, it's going to need it's going to need a, a bit of a catastrophe yeah. from Man City and Liverpool win it, and probably Chelsea as well for us to, to yeah. get in there. But mind you, we've got the best but, strikers. Yeah, but you know. Fourth place. Liverpool and Chelsea. Sorry, Man City and Liverpool have conceded so far three goals each. Mm. And we've conceded. Um, from, I have to look this up. It's double figures, I think. Ten. So we're still learning. We're still learning. Yeah, I think. I but think five of those were in the first two games. 
yes, yes, that's true. And to be honest, we should have beaten Chelsea. Well, we should have beaten Chelsea. Possibly, well, Chelsea was possibly still the best performance of the season before Fulham. Yeah, yeah but if we had taken half of those first half chances, we'd have gone in 4 2 up at half time. Well, I mean. You can't get Chelsea if they'd taken a couple more of their chances. Yeah, 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 but, yeah but butterfly <laughs> theory. Butterfly <laughs> theory. <laughs> the last three Premier League games, Arsenal have received one goal. Does that indicate to you better fortune or improvement in the team's defensive? Defense? Hasn't Holding played in those three games? Yeah. I believe he has. Yeah. Hold, we, I, I, I mean, I've always liked Holding. And I quite like Socrates. Socrates. Socrates, however you pronounce it. You never did Greek philosophy. I'm not even going to attempt to say his second name. I quite like Socrates. And I like Holding. And I think, whisper it quietly, Mustafi is making less errors lately, which could be work on the training pitch. He had his best game against Fulham in a hell of a long time. I think it was the first game he didn't make two sliding tackles that made him travel 30 yards on his arse. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, but... Um, We've yeah. got strikers, though, haven't we? We've got strikers. Well, I mean, this is the thing. Who's got yeah. better strikers than Welbeck, Lacazette and Bamiyan? Well, Man City, Aguero, <laughs> Jesus. They've no, actually no, got no, Jesus, Jesus up front. Than, which is what, Jesus yeah. and Lacazette? Yeah. 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 Well, he's got five years on him and he's... Oh, he's all right. Okay. All right. Uh, Lacazette's only 26, isn't he? Yeah, all right. Jesus is twenty-one. <laughs> <laughs> would you would you swap Lacazette for Jesus? Jesus, it's Portuguese. No, probably not. I'd probably think Lacazette. I think I think yeah. Jesus has gone a bit backwards in the last eighteen months. Still a hell of a player. Swap Lacazette for Sané. Oh yeah, I'd swap oh, Welbeck for Sané in a second. Yeah. Yeah. I don't think I would. That Sané seems to have gone backwards as well. No. Welbeck is in the final year of his yeah. current contract. Yeah. No offer on the table from um, there isn't. Well, well, that was an open question. I don't, I don't think there is. Well, you no. wouldn't imagine there was. Uh, we would have heard something about it. Well, I'm sure it'll come up later on, but we are cost-cutting at the moment as Aaron's agents now. Yes. Now, this is interesting because it's... I mean, on one level, the club gave Ozil <laughs> this contract in January and they put Lacazette and Alabama Yang, presumably to encourage them to sign, on 200 grand a week. Although well, 175, exactly half of what um, earned on Well, I'll stand to be correct. Is that what they offered Ramsey? 175? Something like that, yeah. And, and based on what I read on, on social media from his agents, who then deleted the tweet, was um, I got the impression they were haggling over like 5% for, for visual merchandising rights or something like that. But the offer was about to be accepted. I mean, let's face it, the club withdrew the offer. Was right. he going to sign for 175? Yeah, that's the impression you get from the agents. So, so what, does, what right. does that tell us about the policy and the thinking process at the club. Is it an individual assessment on Ramsey? Or is this them saying, we can't afford to operate at that level of wages, so we can't start paying this guy that, otherwise the rest of them are going to work? Yeah, I think there should be an element of that, but there probably should have been an element of that back in January when they gave Ozil the contract. It was pretty obvious what was going to happen next. But, you know, I also wonder whether there's an element of Emery uh, having looked at the first few games and on Ramsey and Ozil in the same team, does that really work? I'm a bit stuck with Ozil right now. I don't really want to go and splash out the same amount of money or, or another large sum of money on Ramsey when I, when I can't, don't feel I can play the play two together and I can use that money better elsewhere. Now, you know, if that was Wenger saying that, 
we'd have all criticised them for getting involved in it and it all being down to him. But because it's Emery and because you've got the director of football and, and you know that, that structure in place now, maybe there's a three-way conversation going on which takes into account the needs of the manager mm-hmm. or the beliefs of what the manager thinks he's going to need next summer and, and the finances as well. I think this is a Sanlecki Slang- thing, personally. Sanlecki, excuse me. Um, in the sense that... I'm glad you, you can pronounce it. Uh, Spanish GCSE, thank you. Gracias, mi, mi amigo. Sanyegi. Sanyegi. It's the double L comes a yeah. Um yeah. I think it was his decision, in, ultimately, because prior to that you had Gazidis and then uh, a, chief, uh, what was it, a chief commercial director and a head of football who's not director of football, of course he's not arse and don't worry about it, below him. Cronky's gone, not being replaced because. Oh, sorry, Cronky's gone. Whip. Oh, I wish. Yeah, Best but worst <laughs> Freudian slip ever. Freudian slip. Ivan's gone. Um, although I've got, I've got a theory about Ivan. I'll come back to that in a minute. Um, uh, Ivan's gone, not being replaced at the moment, although we'll be Cronky eventually. Probably not as, as CEO, but some kind of Maybelline job size. But the club is now eventually, essentially being run as a business by the managing director, whose name I can't remember or pronounce, um, on a day by day thing. And the actual football side of it has been looked after by Sanyegi. So I, I'm getting the impression it's one of two things. It's either that he's only said, look, based on the budget you're giving me, Mr. Businessman, that's what I've got to run with. I, um, the 175,000 a week that we're spending on him, those are three players that Sven Mislintat's told me that Emery's told him he wants positions to fill. So if I'm going to have to worry between one midfielder who I can't play in the same team as Ozil or three players the coach has told my head of recruitment to find, I'm going to have to do that one. Although a rumour I've heard is that um, Gazidis' big farewell is that, and why the offer was withdrawn is that he's essentially poached Ramsey for Milan. Right. Now, hang yeah. on. Though. Would <laughs> Gazidis have the authority to withdraw that offer given he's just about to go? Because they can just put it back on the table yeah. once he does. Go. I don't in the sense because <laughs> as of first of January, he's allowed to sign a pre-contract with any club outside of the English Football Association. Mm. So it could be he signed a pre-pre-contract in the sense that he's he's shook hands with AC Milan, so that on first of January it's revealed he signed a pre-contract and starts playing for them as a first. So of why would the club ask on me to withdraw the offer? In the sense, well, in the sense it comes out that yeah. we're being, we're being bigger rather than he's chosen someone else over us. So who's doing? Who's, who's, who's putting all the money on the table these days? Then? Well, Gazidis well, well, is not there anymore. Presumably, this, presumably, Sanyegi is he decides who's going to come and go and what players we need. But is he doing the negotiations? I think that's his job as director of football, isn't it? Yeah. So, so he'll have a he'll have a budget. He'll do the commercial he'll negotiations have a budget. and Bus Fahey, or whatever his name is, uh, have a Fahey. Who's Who's? Excuse me. Um, six years younger than me, and he's, he's got the Arsenal me. lawyer job, and I haven't. Anyway, whatever. Um, travesty. Yeah, seriously. Because <laughs> uh, he can do, he can draft good it's indemnities, whatever. Well. Unbelievable. But um, yeah, I mean, it'll be the commercial negotiations done by Raul, and then ultimately, uh, outside of like filling in the registration form, the actual commercial terms will be you know, negotiated contract-wise. So I suppose we have to assume then that that Raul doesn't particularly fancy Ramsey. I, think, do, I, I, I don't think know. I don't think it'll be a one-man decision. No. I think it'll be a conversation. Mm. Well, having said that, if we could somehow uh, get a billionaire to buy Besiktas or Fenerbahce or Galatasaray, and they um, uh, offer a, a Hollywood money for um, Turkey's, fi- Turkey's finest son, Meza Erzul, then I'm pretty certain we'd, we'd fly in. Actually, there. Here's a question. Here's a, here's a question, though. Would you? 
Would you rather keep Ramsey or keep Ozil? We've got to pay Ozil eighteen million pounds a year for the next what four years? Know, three years. Yeah, that. Three years. I haven't got choice, Steve. Talking football, football, pure football. Would you rather have Ramsey in the team or Ozil? Well, we're team? talking fantasy. I prefer Adams and Rocast in my team. If you, you can only have one, them, if you only have one of them, would it be? Ramsey of course, it'd be Ramsey, Ramsey, Steve. But we're not talking about that. We're talking, the fact is that Arsenal are tied in for to fifty-four million pounds we paid to Ozil over three years, yeah. and no other footballing entity in the world is going to want to do that. No. So does that mean then that every time that every time any player comes up through a contract renewal, Ramsey's just the first, and everyone and whenever the next player comes up and says, right, I want 150 grand a week, I want 175. They can say, we can't give you that because we're paying Urzel 350. Well, no, as Mike said earlier on, ultimately they play the same position in the team as number 10 in the, four, in yeah. the three of the 4 2 three, one. Yeah. You can't have him. I mean, also we've got Makatarian. You've got Makatarian, Ramsey, and Urzel essentially fighting for. Uh, so and, and also Iwobi and Aubameyang out of position. So well, essentially then, if, if we all think Ramsey is a better player than Ozil and we'd rather keep him, why don't we just give Ozil away in the summer to anyone who can afford whatever it is? Because we would have, 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 have to pay £54 million pounds to cancel his contract or find someone who's willing to pay a transfer fee and pay at least that off of our hands. Do you, do you remember all the, the, the amount of years we had uh, after Wenger gift well? I think Nicholas Bentham may have been on £52,000 a week but when he went on loan to Sunderland to Juventus all over the world we were paying at least 40% of his salary week in week out I mean and I, and I, I have to say Ozil Ramsey a better footballer than Ozil I, I take exception to that I think Ozil was the cracking football and actually in the first so half you want to keep Ozil then Mark? I'm, I'm probably keeping Ozil I'd, I'd like to keep both yeah. but you know I'd like Ozil to be on I think Ozil's a bit more consistent. Twenty quid a week rather than three hundred and fifty grand. Ozil's a bit but more consistent than Ramsey in that position. I think Ozil was still the creator. I thought. I thought against Fulham in the first half, what we were missing was a creator. We didn't have a creative influence, and the game opened up in the second half for us, and that that meant, made, you know, we had the space and we took full advantage. But if that game had stayed close, we would have needed someone like Ozil to thread the passes through. Mm. Ramsey, Ramsey isn't that player. Ramsey gets on the end of those passes. Mm. But you know, I know he made the goal for Aubameyang with a nice little free ball. But again, the space was wide open at that stage. Mm. Mm. Ozil's the one that creates the chances. And that's why he's worth the money. That's what, yeah. you know, or not worth the money, but worth an, a premium. I noticed he went missing again, didn't he, on um, um, Sunday? Well, I've got a question. Well, Viral infection. I don't know if Emery. I don't know if Emery is the kind of manager who's going to allow him. He's done it twice so far this season. Well, well, hang on. Play, he made him play. In we've, only, we've actually only had. Yes. Seven no, games. That's my point. That's my point. We've had eight games. I've missed two. I'm not sure Emery is the kind of manager who's going to let him bullshit, for want of a better phrase. Because the first. I do was believe Qatar, he had a genuine. I don't know if it was Qatar. It was, yeah, it was Emery specifically said it was right. Qatar. Okay. Yeah. So With that accent, he meant he plays Qatar. <laughs> <laughs> My point being, I don't think Emery is going to protect no. a player who's on a long contract. I, I just don't see why he'd do it. He's been quite happy to sub or bring him on as a substitute. Didn't he bring him on in the Carabao Cup? Yeah, yeah. I thought that was a statement. I thought mm. it was like, you are not too big to play in this game. Mm. You're going out there. Mm. And I don't care that we're. You know, even in, in, in Azerbaijan, you're coming for the trip mm. and we're 3-0 up and I'm going to put you on 2-0 up I think you're time, and I'm going to put you on the pitch now. That's mm. yeah. brilliant. Yeah. Well. Good. Fine. Good. Yeah. Send, yeah. send the right message because it sends the message to the whole squad, yeah. doesn't it? I love and, the way And is, yeah. that, is that why there now feels like there's a bit more competition for places? It's not the same 11 everywhere. Well, essentially... You know, Welbeck's starting ahead of Aubameyang on Sunday. Yeah. Well, with Wenger, you had... In spite of playing on Thursday. Yeah. You had the first 11, no matter how good or bad they were, that was it. 
With Emery, you've now got a first 20. I mean, any of those 20 first-team players, first-team squad players, could easily and seamlessly fit into a Premier League team, a Carling Cup team, a Europa League team, a FA Cup team. You if if, they, know, if they know the system, yeah, you which is obviously... Of that 20, and you would lose quality. To work on the training ground. Yeah, I think that's brilliant. Um, I've got a, a Twitter question from It's My Arsenal Opinion. Uh, I can never produce his, his say his uh, handle. It's at Arsenal Diverbridge. I never, I never really say that. Anyway, I can at least read his offering. Does the panel see comparisons with George Graham's first season in terms of a three pass for Emery? Tactics suited to play the team in front of us? Iwobi and Smith Rowe being the Rowcastle and Thomas figures? Ozil filling the Charlie Nicholas role leaving <laughs> next summer do we I mean, is there any comparison I mean, yeah there is there is I agree with that Kev yeah, oh, okay. seems, seems around, that, yeah. Seems, sounds sadly Aaron Ramsey's more Charlie Nicholas than Ozil but, mm. yeah, yeah. Uh, the only thing with George Graham is that he he inherited a team in a much worse situation than what we are now oh uh, hang on a minute hold on hold on he I inherited yeah. A defence, yeah. a Viv Anderson, yeah. good players, Tony Adams, yeah. David yeah. O'Leary, and yeah. Kenny Sanson, yeah. and a <laughs> midfield of Steve Williams, Stuart Robson, Paul Davis, David Rowcastle, great players, and up front, yeah, Stevie Williams. He had to find his own strikers in time. Was it Charlie up front? Start. He had Charlie at start. Paul Marino didn't have Alan Smith. Yes, it was Nar Quinn with Charlie. Didn't have Alan Smith. But he, he wasn't. He wasn't inherit. He wasn't coming in. For, he wasn't taking over from a manager that had won four titles, seven FA Cups. Distant memory. Well, the FA Cups more recently. Very rarely finished outside the top four. The club were in decline. The club, the, the, they were, We had great players when George Graham took over, but we were mid-table. Yeah. I mean, as, as bad as Wenger is or was, we were never as bad as mid-table. I mean, George Graham couldn't fail to succeed because he had. He, he, he took over great players. And they, they were patently underachieving. So all he had to do was add a few youngsters to that team. Well, he got rid of half of them, to tangents, be honest. And then we were on there. I mean, Before we won the to, league, he got shot of a lot I of mean, those players. Six I mean, last year. Yeah. So to, to, to improve on that, Emery's got to go some big time. And he seems to be succeeding. Well, it's there's definitely an analogy okay. there. You, you I mean, can see that. You've got the Gwendozi is very similar to um, oh god it was Mickey Thomas Sideshow side Bob Mickey Thomas okay. come through <laughs> under Wenger sorry under George Graham and now when those is coming through uh, basically um, George definitely gave youth his chance yeah and we see Emery is, you think Emery is going to do that yeah definitely oh, he's not afraid to play young players well I'd argue that perhaps apart from Smith Rowe Iwobi isn't so young anymore. He's been no, to the World no. Cup in Nigeria. Yeah, yeah. Apart from Smith Rowe, who I'm assuming he identifies as a very special talent. He was actually on the bench on, on Sunday. Yeah, um, exactly. Yeah. No, he wasn't. Well, Willock, well he made Willock the trick. Is, but I don't know if everyone rates Willock. I'm not too sure about Willock. I think the brother... Well, well Emery isn't giving these guys competitive He's games. He's not playing Enketia, is he? Hmm? He hasn't given no. Enketia a kick yet no. in any competition. So but that's a bit strange. But... When you've got Wilbeck, you have to fit in. What it's got a do? big squad. And it's a bigger squad than it was in 1986. Yeah, yeah. And, and also we are playing this under-23 check-and-trade trophy, aren't we? 
Oh, yeah, the other 23 yeah. is a very good point. How far have we progressed in that? It's group stage, isn't it? We're, yeah. we're, 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 we, we played one, Coventry, didn't we? One, one, we got Chel- Chel- Cheltenham and um, Forest Green. Forest Green voters, yeah. Oh, the vegan. Now, so just someone explain to me the Thorback. Two teams qualified from the group? No idea. No idea. Probably only one team. Is the final at Wembley? Yeah. There's loads of groups. I would say so, yeah. And well, you, uh, presumably, it? it's only under 23s that can play in the competition. <laughs> yeah. I'm just As thinking if we got to Paul United. No, the first, the first <laughs> we got to Wembley. Now Fabian yeah. gets his ninth for the afternoon. The Division 1 and Division 2 teams can play their first team. <laughs> it's only the Premier League teams that play their under 23s. And there is, a, is the actual age limit is enforced. Yeah. Yes, right. but, the, but the actual league teams can play their first teams. Right. Okay. So it's their first teams against our under 23s. So... When we have a home game, yeah. are we playing at the Emirates? Yeah. We are? Yeah. Okay. Well, I don't think we well, have one yet, have we? We haven't had one. I mean, you know, no, no, no. I think the way it's worked is that the, the Premier League teams are drawn away in, yeah. in all group stuff. Oh, that right? sounds about right. Well, yeah. You know, oh, we, okay. we've had a white Coventry, we're away at Forest Green, we're away at Chelsea. Oh, okay. Um, but what happens after that, I have no idea. No. I you know, don't want to think, well, I do that. Don't want Crawley, to think too far ahead. I do know that Crawley Town beat Spurs under 23s, which was absolutely brilliant. <laughs> <laughs> When are we away? It gets better. <laughs> when are we away to Forest Green Rovers? Is our famous Gula Seller going to be there? Uh, you know, I'm not convinced Alex does the under 23 away. Because the, 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 the Blackpool game in the Carabao Cup is. That's a whole Halloween. Yeah, yeah but that, that could have been on the Tuesday night, yeah. which is the same night that I think we play Cheltenham. Yeah. Um, oh. But they put it on the Wednesday, so you know oh. you can go to both games if you want to. Oh. That's a, that's so a bit that of a kick. In the, won't play on in the I was going to say game. a bit of a kick in the bum for for Emery. It says that he has to play his, from his first team squad from Carabao Cup. That personally, I like to get. Oh, well, he doesn't have to. He could, I'm sure he could, could take the, players. That's, that's what I'm thinking. For players like Smith Rowe and everything, he'd prefer to you know give some first team exposure in, in the Carabao Cup rather than playing away at the mighty Forest Green Rovers or whatever. Smith Rowe played at Coventry and scored in the previous round. Right. In the previous game. Yeah. So did Vincetia. So did Willett. They were the scorers. Alright. Uh, so moving through these uh, contributions. Uh, Jonathan Houseman, a regular uh, cross, uh, uh, contributor of uh, questions. Is this the start of genuine improvement and building towards a title challenge in the next season or two? Or just the fortune of the fixture list to play weaker opposition. Since Chelsea, come on guys. Who have we played? Well, last year we played Bournemouth and Watford under Wenger. Took one goal leads in both games, threw them away. So we're winning the games we would, we, we we would expect those games to. Last year. Right, yes. That's an improvement. Okay. The fixture list has been a little kind. Yeah, know, and yeah. I think... I think, you know, we got the two out of the way early, which is yeah. probably a good thing, because if they'd have been separated, you know, the fifth game and the tenth game, and we'd have lost both of them, then you wouldn't have felt yeah. the momentum that we've got now. Yeah. So the feature list has been a bit kind, but I think I think what I've enjoyed is the fact that we're winning and not playing well. You know, how often did that happen under Wenger? You know, we, we normally won games when we played well, and lost games when we played well, and lost games when we didn't play well. Here we're here, you know, and most of those games, with the exception of Fulham, we've probably been a bit fortunate to win them. Yeah, you're probably right. Actually. You know, there's there's not many where we've, we've 
where you've gone, yeah, we, we deserve that thoroughly. You know, it's either been, yeah, we just about edged it or mm, got a bit lucky there. You know, Czech's actually, for all the criticism he's had for his playing out from the back, he's actually made some outstanding saves. Yes. In games and kept us in games. So, uh, what, do you th- what do you think of Lino, Mike? Now you've seen Lino. Certainly, so, I mean, he's made a couple of good saves in games. Made yeah. a really good reflex save on um, Sunday. I'm not convinced he's any better for playing out from the back than Czech. He doesn't look an awful oh, lot I, don't know. I think, he, I think he looks a bit more confident. He doesn't look as ponderous but, as Czech. Yeah. But, but whether he's actually any better, I'm not He's ju- 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 ponderous as Czech. And he's a bit more inclined to welly it than Czech is. Czechs, Czechs of our generation have said you've got put in goal because you cannot play football. Mm. Whereas yeah. nowadays, keepers, sweepers, as they yeah. are. I mean, look at um, Edison at Brazil. Look at Alisson at, um, at Liverpool. It's the way you go. Yeah. Loris at, at Spurs, who we had the chance to sign, but then we had so much faith in Chesney. Who he sold. We didn't know the one in the dream well, 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 right. right about Chesney, wasn't he? No, no, just, on, <laughs> just Tony Adams. Yeah. <laughs> Well, <laughs> I mean, you're right about Edison. I mean, the, the game that the game of the weekend. I mean, Man City. Edison picked out. He must have done two, three, maybe even four, sixty, seventy yard passes. You know, it was when he was closed down, couldn't make the short pass outside the area, and he'd pick out one of his flying wingers and play it to feet. Yeah. And it was like, oh, man, that was a ball. You know, if you if you went back to you know, we all remember the eighties when yeah. Glenn Hoddle would play the ball like that. We'd have had a week's holiday on yeah. match of the day, wouldn't we? Yeah. You know? Yeah, you've got keepers doing it. Yeah, I mean, well, look, right. look at I mean, the right. German number one for like 10 years, Manuel Neuer. I mean, the best goalkeeper I've seen in my life. I mean, I, I, I never saw that much of Buffon, to be honest, but Neuer, the way that he plays as a keeper sweeper was, was scary, to be honest. Uh, scary brilliant. Was the extra outfield player. Lino's played for Germany, hasn't he? He's got German caps. Yeah, in the way that Ben Foster's played for England. Yeah. <laughs> do, you think, do you think Lino's a bit short? As, as in stature? No, he looks smaller than Martinez, what? but Martinez is massive. Oh, I don't. I mean, and Matt Macy's how, huge. How tall is he? He's not as tall as Czech, is he? He's taller than a spinner. Yeah, just, <laughs> just. Taller no, not just. He's, 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 I'm six foot three. He's at least my height. Oh, I don't know about that. I think, I mean, I've not been that close to him. But he don't look six foot three <laughs> to me. All right. But he's. Uh, I'm impressed with him. He looks like a good keeper. Um, I'll just read this one out from Joe Galliardi, although I sort of think we've covered it. Was starting the season with City and Chelsea a good thing in that it gave the manager a better idea of the kind of team he had and what he was up against in the league straight away? Um, I think he probably knew that already. Yeah, I mean, he, uh, he probably knew that already. I disagree. He, he, he knows less about going into the season, he knew a lot less about Arsenal than the four of us did. No. Um, no, 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 I'm not wrong there, Steve. He relied on watching the odd game here and there on the equivalent of Sky Sports one in, in France. But no, did, he didn't he, he in the interview? Work. He would have known how to Oh yeah, the way, oh, the, the way that he spent like three days on Wikipedia before a job <laughs> interview, which everyone does. Come on now. No, seriously, he was. He, he, you know, he, he didn't. He, he didn't have. Well, it's my 30th anniversary seeing Arsenal this season. I know more about the club and the way that we've played under different managers during my time. I dare to speak about the three of you as well. But um, I, I, in answer to your question, I think those two big audition games against City and then Chelsea, I think they were perfect. Because ultimately, those are your Alex Ferguson squeaky bum time games. And um, I, I said in the last podcast, the duration of this season is going to be a big audition for all the players. And as you said earlier, he's got a freebie this season, Emery. Because he's basically saying, OK, this is the way I'm playing it. Let's see how you guys get on with it. If they don't adapt, then sadly they're done at the end of the year. Mm-hmm. You can then argue, does it? You know, expectation now. You know, all, all the while we say, yeah, OK, we're not, we're not going to win the league. Expectation is certainly now higher 
to finish top four than it than it was at the beginning mm. of the season. Especially with United and so, the top, you know, so now it's only you know right now it would only be downhill if we if we don't make top four. You know, but there will be. So I'm not sure it is a little freebie anymore. Mm. If we'd have lost the game or so, I'd, yeah, I'd agree with you. But now I think I think he's built some expectation. If we, you know, who we got after the break? We got Leicester and we're, Leicester and then you know, Liverpool. Leicester and Palace. Leicester and Palace. Leicester Sporting Lisbon. Wolves are after Liverpool. Liverpool. Wolves are after Liverpool. Okay. Leicester so. Sporting Lisbon. Palace. Blackpool and Liverpool. Liverpool. Yeah. So you get another couple of wins there, and yeah, I mean, you know, I think, I think we're all stopped getting really carried yeah. away. Yeah. It's, it's inter- interesting. Just bev- uh, just after the weekend, Klopp said that his team desperately need a rest, and um, you know we're eager. Well, it, it's, it's, we're eager for the next boxing round to start straight away, do, aren't do, we? You know? Do, you know, do you know what? I can't help laughing about Liverpool because I'm looking at Liverpool seriously, and I, I think we could finish above them. Don't laugh. <laughs> I actually think we could finish above Liverpool. Liverpool have not lost a game. I know, yet. I know, <laughs> I know. If you take Salah out of that team, Salah hasn't done much this the year. The keeper may be Alessandro and Van Dijk. The rest of their players aren't any better than ours. And you could argue that Aubameyang and Lacazette are as good as Salah is playing this well, they've season. Well, they conceded. Salah's done conceded three goals. Yeah. I know, but they're not but what else have Rogan's done for us? I get where you're coming from. I mean, I, you know, I think if you go like for like, yeah, you you, you could say that. You're right with what you're saying, but it's it's they they've had what, two three years under clock now playing a certain way, getting used to it. They've also got a lot of backup. I mean, they they Oxley Chamberlain, Fabinho, Cater. They've got Fabinho who who hasn't barely appeared yet, has he? Cater comes on and goes off occasionally, you know, and that's about it. But yeah, um, I think they've got I think they've, they've got depth in their squad now, but yeah. we probably haven't got that quality in the, in, the squ- in the squad. We've still got some good players, yeah. but they've yet to really prove that they're They've they're also, they've also got the knowledge that they can win big games against their title rivals. Well, City, because they're City. For example, and others. Yeah, they're, 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 now, they're, have they beaten United? Have they beaten Chelsea? Well, they probably did last year. They did um, Man City in the Champions League, won both times. They did, didn't they? They? Everyone's got a bogey team, and Liverpool and Man City's bogey team. If you take Man City out, they, they do the same against all the other top four teams as we do. Really? They I lose all so. the games? I don't know. We don't lose every game, do we? <laughs> well, we don't win many. We, we, speak, <laughs> we beat Tottenham last year. We yes. drew with... No, we, I'm asking for wins. No, OK, we don't win that many. <laughs> <laughs> we didn't lose to Chelsea last year, did we? We had two draws. Yeah. Um, what happened to Chelsea? Drew against Liverpool. They got rid of their manager. Liverpool. Chelsea finished fifth. But I, I, I mean, I don't think Liverpool, Man United, and Tottenham are any much better than we are. Well, there's only, like I said earlier, there's only what three points between the top yeah. five. It's great. Okay. Yeah. Right. Time will tell. I got a bit of a left field one. Um, Mr. Udo put uh, the request for questions out on Facebook, and Pradeep Kachala responded. Could you rank the following Arsenal Alexes? In order, in descending order of preference, which means your favourite first, presumably. Oh, uh, yeah. So he's got Manninger, Song, Hleb, Sanchez, Lacazette, and Iwobi. Is the Arsenal going to be biased <laughs> on current uh, Arsenal squad can, members? Can we just ask what job that guy does, Kevin? I have no idea. <laughs> Is he a lawyer, David? <laughs> no, no, no. No, he, he did um, a couple of podcasts. 
that no, 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 it wasn't Paddy. Well, I think it was Paddy. Yeah, was it? Oh, yeah. But it was a long time ago. <laughs> well, you know when you wake up in the middle of the night and you, you're wide awake and you can't get back to sleep and you just, you're looking for something to occupy your mind? That would be it, yeah. Ah, oh, how many Alex's have played those? Let's go exchange I'm going to ask you for one favourite then out of that. So, Manninger, Song, Pleb, Sanchez, Lacazette, Iwobi. Name me your favourite. Alex oh, Manninger for me. Right. I remember that FA Cup replay away to West Ham when um, Naughty Dennis got sent off for an elbow with Steve Lomas after nine minutes. And nine West... minutes, was it? So yeah, about yeah. nine, ten minutes Very in. Um, they dominated the game. He made some exceptional saves and saved, what, two penalties in the shootout and, yeah. um, in 98? Yeah, 98. Won yeah. the cup for us at West Ham. Front cover of the eight, uh, issue 86 of the game. There you go. <laughs> oh, God. Yeah, yeah. so mad Alex Manager for me. Ooh. I would say Alex Clegg because he's probably the best footballer out of that lot. Okay. Yeah, no, I, I was going to say Clegg, but I can't do that. Eh? You yes, say you can. can <laughs> no, you can say Clegg. He was basically a kind of enjoyable player to watch. Well, all right, I'll be, I'll be controversial there and say Sanchez. I still enjoy Sanchez, watching Sanchez. He, he was passionate, he was a good player, he wanted to win. Is what he on the bloody list? hell Mourinho, he Mourinho's done to him. He's Alexis, though, isn't he? <laughs> he is, yeah, but we're Technical. artistic talent. Artistic oh, if he's on the list, I'll say Sanchez then. <laughs> all right, OK. <laughs> I'll say Glenn. <laughs> <laughs> is there any story of Sanchez wanting to return to Arsenal? Oh, oh, I saw something please about that. Really? I mean, I've heard this, and I don't know if it was just some kind of something somebody made up. Oh, I mean, obviously we can't story. afford him. <laughs> I'd have him back tomorrow. Maybe, maybe that's why. You'd have him back tomorrow. Yeah, maybe that's why, we, that's why we're not giving Ramsey a contract. <laughs> we're playing Sanchez. Well, the more the more feasible suggestion I've heard is that in the way we did the swap deal with Sanchez and Mkhitaryan, we're not going to give them Ramsey, and we will get Sanchez back. No, no, it's um, last year of his contract. Martial, Anthony yeah. Martial. What swapping Ramsey for Martial? Yes. Oh God, I don't want that. Well, he's a wide player, isn't he? He might be a wide we player, need, but he's a useless wide player who plays once every three weeks. Oh, I like him, Marshall. I, 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 I think I don't really know. Only because Mourinho, he doesn't. He's another. Urza, um, uh, uh, isn't he? He's another Urza. Yeah. No. He, he, he is in the sense that he has a head. He doesn't. <laughs> um, he doesn't put a shift in that Marshall. Really? Sanchez puts a shift in. How many Man United games have you been watching lately? Well, he's playing in France, are Playing in France. Well, I'm going to say Now we've got Emery here, we can't wait to get back. Well, all right. I'll be back tomorrow. Do we think that Ramsey will go for something in January, or do you think the player will decide? Don't care what happens in terms of the last six months. I'm going to go for nothing in the summer. I think the player will decide. Mm. I think the player yeah. will go. I think it depends who comes in. I mean, I think we all hope that we get the best out of him this year. Wings with a big finale of us somehow winning a, a trophy, a big trophy would be great. Um, but as of 1st of January, he signs a pre-contract with someone outside English FA. You know, he can go to Barcelona, Real Madrid, AC Milan, Paris Saint-Germain. But not Man United, please. Not City or Liverpool. Or... But would you have Sanchez back? No. Would you have Sanchez back, Mike? Yeah. Yeah, yeah I would. Yeah. Would you have Sanchez back, Kev? I can't see the reason you'd have him back. Because he scores goals and creates goals. But did he last season? And has he done that for Man United this season? No, because he's playing in France. It would have to be on a massive discount. I mean, because, you know, we, we, we he's can't afford paying 350 grand, 500 Man grand. Man United will have to Man cover United. some of his wages. Yeah, he's, <laughs> he's on, 20, have him back he's on 26 million pounds a season. So he's 500 grand a week. Is he really? Yeah. yeah. Good God. Allegedly. Oh, my God. 
Well, the thing is, I mean, the biggest sporting franchise in the world, they can afford... Well, that's the thing. Their owners, the Glazers, think with their Tampa Bay Buccaneers glasses on, you think about, you know, players' salaries in in American football, you don't wonder what they earn per week. It's what their their contracts are. And ultimately, Sanchez is on a £75 million contract for three years. So... Nice work if you can get it. Now, so have three years of purgatory then. <laughs> we have. Uh, well, it's, it's interesting. The Highbury Librarian on Twitter. Fair play to this guy because he listens to our old podcasts, you know, and digs out. It makes it look like we know what we're talking about. <laughs> <laughs> so those old days when we used to do it in someone's um, apartment. Yes, in yes. Highbury Grove. Liam. Yes. That's it. Yeah. They were good old days, they were. Yeah, well, this is a little bit more recent, okay? Because this is from podcast 148. How many years ago was that, Kev? Well, so when we started doing the podcast, we, the first podcast was, I believe, in 2006. Really? I believe it was. So is that recent? But recent, yeah, 12 years, years ago, ago, man. Yeah, but I would have thought it was further away than that. <laughs> right. It seems um, longer away. Okay. Yeah. We were there for about so three right, years. Right. So yeah, luckily, it was years. the Hobie's music. <laughs> so, anyway, this is from podcast in September 2016. And it was Leif, actually, talking. Leif Yusuf. And um, the Highbury librarian asks Do the panel remember when Wenger met Unai Emery in Paris? We got a draw. But Leif thought Unai's team played well enough to leave Arsene shocked. And he said in the podcast, I was at Wenger's post-match press conference. He seemed to be quite shocked at the intensity that Paris started at. Obviously, he knows French football inside out. We like to think he should do. And he seemed genuinely shocked by their intensity, their pace, their power, their passing. They just played so well that first half. I was at Emery's press conference as well after the game, and he was very disappointed. You could see by his body language. So uh, we're just being asked for our memories of that, because that was actually... I don't know if we played Sevilla when Emery was manager there. I'm not sure well, we he, did. He only lasted one year at Paris Saint-Germain, didn't he? Two seasons. Two, 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 two. We that, played him in his first. That was the 1-1 draw. Cavani... Cavani Ospina, missed. Ospina played out of his skin. Cavani missed some great chances. He didn't miss them. Ospina saved them. Really? Mm. Ospina played out of his skin that day. Cavani yeah. had a chance. Three <laughs> or four brilliant saves. However, in fairness, I think from memory we were lucky to get away with yeah. a draw. We were lucky tough. to get away with a draw. Yeah. Okay. But Ospina saved us. Right. Okay. Do you, do you not remember? Do you not remember that one? Yeah. No, I remember. No. I remember he made some saves, but yeah. I think I, I do remember Cavani. Yeah. feeling that Cavani let us off the hook yeah. yes I mean are we playing with that kind of intensity do you think yeah I mean I remember when they beat Barcelona 4-0 under, under yes. Emery yes. Same and I remember that day thinking my god they were brilliant yeah. who's that um, Italian midfielder that oh PSG was it Baratti or Motta or Tiago oh, um, uh, yeah and he, he, he was fantastic not dissimilar to Lavezzi Lavezzi does he kill Lavezzi no, I don't know I'm not sure Anyway, they had a really experienced Verratti. Verratti, that's the one. Yeah. Verratti. He's not dissimilar to Torreira, the one that Torreira is playing for Arsenal now. Yes. Um, now, I, I, I thought that you know, PSG, when they beat Barcelona 4 0, were out of this world. Unbelievable. Yeah. Couldn't believe they lost the away leg 6 0. Well, they were done. There was a couple of dodgy decisions. There was, there was a, yeah. there was a, yeah, I think in injury time, they got two dodgy penalties, didn't they? Or something. Well, there was a one offside controversy, yeah, plenty. 
But I was quite shocked when Barcelona overturned that because I thought, you know, obviously. I thought what shocked me more. Yeah. Emery kept his job that summer. Yeah. And was given another season. Yeah. I couldn't believe that. After I thought after, after that, yeah. he would be getting the boot. Yeah. But because it turned out he wouldn't be coming to Arsenal. No. If he had, mm-hmm. he'd have gone somewhere else. They still won trophies that year, though, didn't they? Well, they, they won the French domestic cups. Yeah, yeah. But they didn't win the league. Yeah. Monaco, Monaco but won the league. But yeah. they did look brilliant in that first game against Barcelona. And that was an example, perhaps, of what we would be yeah. seeing in the future. God, if we, well, I think if we could beat Barcelona 4 0, I'll take that tomorrow. Oh. Very much in the future, though. I mean, don't, don't forget, he's only been manager of the club for, what, three months now? And during that time, we've only had playing for two months, so we're still getting used to it. Are we getting better, you know, better every game? Yes, at the moment, for sure. But they're still learning the Emery way, even though the professional footballers. I mean, they've been indoctrinated with with Wenger ball, mm. you know, for however long they've been at the club. So it's only the newbies who have kind of hit the ground running. But the old players, they're, they're having to adapt to everything completely. And what what tactically is the big difference between Wenger ball and Emery ball? Pace. End, end product. Yeah. I think it's like, you know, too often we would side to side, pass, 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 wait for an opportunity. Mm. This time we're taking chances and, mm. you know, the opportunity might not always be there, the space might not always be there, but we'll take the chance. We're shooting from outside the area, we're sh- you know, we're crossing the ball into the box. There's, there's, more, the old, shoot, there's definitely more shooting yeah. because, uh, I mean, you get the impression when Benga was in charge, it's like, unless you're 100% certain you will score, pass somebody away. I mean, how many times was it after you called, was uh, my, my dad's expression, passing it around the edge of the six-yard box so there being no goalkeeper and then it gets clear. Whereas now, I mean, Lacazette scored from outside the box. I mean, everyone still jokes uh, whenever Chappie gets the ball, everyone goes, shoot, because he was coached out of shooting outside the box by our yeah. old manager. Yeah. Whereas now players, if they fancy the look of it, they'll have a go. Yeah. Coaching was definitely coached... Sorry, shooting was definitely coached out of um, players under Wenger. Mm. And it's great to see players shoot. Lacazette shooting much more this year than he did last year. Well, that's an interesting thing. I mean, I, I get into the ground half an hour before kickoff at, at home matches, and um, being the, the sad train spotter I am, I mean, uh, the warm ups are very, very different this year. And one of the last things they do is um, it gets the fullbacks in turns to sort of like take it to the byline and cross it on the ground with a, either Lacazette or Aubameyang running in just to finish it off. And they go back and start again, go back and start. They do it five or six times just to refresh themselves of it because that's what I wanted to do I mean they pro- how often do you think they did that the night before training at the ground the night mm. before you know mm. so it gets you know it just hammers it into them yeah it was interesting like the two, the, the two goals at Fulham wasn't it, it was mm. the first goal um, and the fourth goal of Bamers were very similar oh, yeah, where yeah. it was the full back getting near or two or near to mm. the byline cutting mm. it back the man on the near post with his back to goal then taking it Great first touch and swiggling and smashing mm. it in. I mean, to take it, everything you know, to touch. It's just like, was that coincidence? I think not. The last thing I think, think, think who would take a touch to set themselves up rather than playing someone else in was probably Henri. Yeah. 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 How happy is this, is this podcast, though? <laughs> Considering all the miserable podcasts we've done. Yes. And all we've done is just, ah, oh, and everyone goes, careful what you wish for. Oh, those guys on the podcast, so miserable. Oh, God, well, they should just get behind us then. Do we have a United fan base? Yes, now, absolutely. Mm. We say that, I mean, I've not seen the ground fall yet this year, so there's still a lot to stay away as what they want. I, I th- I th- I th- yeah, I don't know, it's interesting. I, 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 I said on the podcast last year that I thought that the, the divisions would last. And I'm not sure I've seen evidence of it at the ground or, or you know, around, around the ground, but... 
Certainly on, on social media, and that, I know it's probably the worst example you can think of for anything. There are still divisions. I still think there's people that will that are very quick to like, oh, you know, a bit like you just said, so, oh yeah, all those people that say careful what you wish for, well, where are you now? They're yeah. still there, they're enjoying it, you know, but yeah. people like to rub it in. And, and you know, and then there's, there's, I saw somebody else this week sort of say, oh yeah, but we don't want all those games under Bengal as well, you know, it's no different really. Yeah. So, and it's like, there's still, and even in this podcast, you know, with the first 20 minutes, we, we couldn't stop talking about Bengal, you know, there's still so much looking back, and maybe that's inevitable after 22 years, but, it, it, you want to make the comparison. Everyone wants to make the comparison, and I think until that's completely wiped out, there will still be a little bit of an angst. In Mind you, all the people I used to talk to were all anti-Venger anyway. So now he's gone, we, we're all you know, we're all singing from the same hymn sheet anyway. Because we're all happy now. Some Arsenal fans are just miserable for the sake of it. I mean, where I sit, yeah. a North Banker. Um, there are, there are some, with all due respect, people of like a generation and a half beyond me, my, my, my dad and people like that, who win for the sake of whinging. Even though he's having his best season in three years already, my dad's already decided that Bellerin is absolutely fucking useless and he can go. But my dad was the person. After 2004, we won the league at White Hart Lane. Me, him, my brother, my aunt, uncle, cousins got into a, into a lock-in. Bank holiday Sunday it was, uh, the first Sunday afternoon. Got into a lock-in, some really manky pub on Holloway Road. Everyone there was, was singing. We're, everyone's so happy they're singing Gus Caesar songs, stuff like that. But there's one person sat in the corner on his own, my dad, with a small glass of red wine to himself. Face like a slapped ass. Me and my brother go over there. Dad, we just won the league at Spurs. I haven't lost a game all season. It's the best team ever. He goes, yeah, smile as much as you want. We're going to be fucking useless next year. Cheers, Dad. <laughs> Cheers, that was great. Won't forget that. forget that. But there'll always be some Arsenal fans like that, extenuate, extenuating the negative. Mm. I don't understand any football fan who's happy being miserable. You know, I, mean, I, know, I know there's this kind of thing about football fans that they're, they're only happy if they're being miserable. I mean, I hate being miserable when I'm a football fan. I want to be happy and enjoying it and loving it. Spent enough years being miserable from 2006 to now. <laughs> yes, it's a, it's one for psychology weekly, yeah. but we're not going to do it today. Yes. Um, what we will talk about briefly is Adidas being officially announced as the kit uh, manufacturer for next season. Good or bad news? Are we happy with Adidas? Yeah, bad no. news for me. Love the money. Yeah. Love the money, but I hate the kits. You don't like the kits. Don't like the kits at all. Yeah. It's not. An, it's not so an Arsenal kit. It's an Adidas kit. So I like. I like the Puma kits by and large, apart from this year's home kit, which I think has got too much white in it. I like this year's away kits. Um, I'm a bit sad that Puma haven't done more yellow away kits. If we've had a yellow, a yellow away kit on the Puma. Uh, we yeah, have one. We won the FA Cup. Of course we did. We did, yeah. Well, that was a good one. Um, yeah, I, I, I basically love the Puma kits. What about the 89 and 91 kits? Not a, in retrospect, looking at them now, I think they're all right, but they're full of these... Adidas three stripes. Well, that's what you get with Adidas. So I, I, I think I love that because I think yeah. when, I, I think I was at that age when I, when I was growing up at school and I wanted a pair of football boots and you know my dad being skin thin that he was, God rest his soul, but would never buy me a decent pair. And I just wanted the three stripes on my boot. I didn't care what else he had. Just three yeah. stripes, black boots, of course, in those days. And I think I think that's when when Adidas came along and gave me my football kit with three stripes on. I was made up. That was all I ever wanted. <laughs> yeah. I, was, I was probably eighteen by then, but you know. <laughs> five, magic, five magic words about Adidas. Bring back the bruised banana. 
Right. If we can get a repeat of I that think, kit. I think it's probably going to happen. It must. Yeah, it, 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 it has to. It's been mocked up on Twitter. There was a great mock up. They have to. It's going to happen. It's going to happen. I'm not, not going to be averse to that. I mean, I didn't think that was a bad kit. But I just, I just don't like three stripes down the shorts, three stripes at the top of the socks. All the training kit is, just has a badge on it and then three stripes here, three stripes... You don't like Adidas branding. It ceases to be Arsenal and it becomes Adidas. Whereas with Puma, it's Arsenal with a with a Puma on it. With Adidas, it's three stripes with a badge on it. Okay, so the bruised banana kit. There was a debate again on Twitter this morning. I saw which was uh, uh, Gav from She Wore and um, Ivy Howard, DSM guy. Um, And I mean, he wasn't just them. There was others in there. It's like when that bruised banana kit came out in. 92 was when we signed in right 91-92 season 91-92 season yeah so what did people think of it then because I remember going what what uh, the what? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and yeah. there was a cartoon in the game that we did which I think was Brad Brooks was the cartoonist that drew it which was you know like what happened to, you know sat in a boardroom you know oh they're bringing in the new kit design and you flash back to the designer walking in, getting run over by a tractor, and going, "Who's yeah. I'm late, guys?" I go, "That guy's fantastic. I love it." <laughs> yeah. And I, I was like, but "It's become cult." Absolutely, it's a bit like the green and blue kit and from '83. <laughs> that you know, that became a cult kit. Everyone hated it at the time. I, th- I think the bridge banana is a little bit like that. It, it, Although, you know, it was also called the, called the squashed wasp kit as well, wasn't it? Well, oh, no, the tractor, yeah. tractor yeah. tire yeah. as well. Yeah. And was referred to. Well, as one uh, old friend returns, um, a familiar face is about to depart. Ivan Gazidis, I believe, is notice he's, he's, he, until the end of October. End of October. Yeah. I. It was interesting because he wasn't in attendance at the Arsenal Watford game, and yet he was at the Fulham the Arsenal game. He was supposed to do a question and answer, wasn't he, before the Everton game? Well, the fans forum took fans place. Uh, yeah. but he introduced the other two, didn't he? Apparently yeah. it was more or less um, covered by the two new head honchos. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Has anyone heard that Raul Sanyei speak or yes. do an interview? He's been on Arsenal fan. Uh, sorry, Arsenal TV. Arsenal. Their own TV <laughs> in-house <laughs> channel. Sorry, not Arsenal fan TV. Yeah, Raul fam. Raul fam. <laughs> Mr. Donna fam. No, I mean, basically... He's a very low profile. He speaks, he? he speaks English with an obvious accent. Yeah. But uh, he comes across as more genuine really? and less of a snake oil salesman. Yeah. Than <laughs> well, what are you saying? <laughs> well, obviously, <laughs> with him being Spanish, he's probably going to have a relationship with Emery, isn't he? Undoubtedly. Which is good. Mm. I think that's really, really good. But... He does keep a very low profile. Well, does he need to keep a high profile? No, no, I, I would have thought... I, I, I would have thought the, the director of football at Arsenal would be a quite a high-profile figure. Well, well, I mean, where is it at any other club, though? Especially since Emery is just the coach. So if Emery is just the coach, he's going to be everything else, isn't he? So well, we but does he need to do media? Well, I want to know what he sounds like, what his demeanour's like. Well, Ed Woodward yeah, doesn't do it. Um, I mean, because I want to... Gazidis, I mean, I, you knew everything about Gazidis. But Gazidis was, was high profile. He was in the media all the time. Because he wanted to be, wasn't he? Yeah. That, that was what he was all about, was building his own profile. Yeah. Um, you know, rightly or wrongly, but, you know, it's worked, hasn't it? So if Gazidis had that way of doing it, it looks like Sanye's got another way of but doing it. It's a different it. job. It's a different yeah. role. Yeah. Yes. And the other thing I would say is, to me... 
as Sanley comes across so much more as a football man than a businessman. Yeah. And I think in terms of the relationship the fans have with the club, which has not always been smooth yeah. in recent years, uh, I think it's a significant step forward. So do you think that San Diego will do the fans' question and answers that Gazidis used to do? I'd, I'd like to think he will. Yeah. I don't know. So I'm not sure we'll ever stop all that now. Well, I think he'd be advised to continue. I mean, the point being, isn't the club trying to foster good relations with their yeah. supporters? So to yeah. withdraw something yeah. that has become part of the calendar... Yeah. Uh, wouldn't be a very progressive move. No, I think it's great. I disagree. I, do I disagree. Uh, I, as per the article I've written in the current issue of the Guna, um, thank you very much. Um, it's a fact available in all good shops, I believe. Um, less so these days. We're, 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 we're not, we're, there's no such thing as supporters anymore. We're, we, are, we are customers. We, we are now a sporting franchise. We're not a public company. You don't have to do AGMs and find out how, how actually the club is doing. And ultimately, all I know is I'm the owner or his son. I see the EBITDA and the, the gate receipts and uh, the prizes we get from, uh, sorry, the, the financial prizes we get from competitions. You know, I couldn't give a, a, a flying fudge. Hang on a minute, David. There was never any compulsion for them to do an end of season supporters event with. Why didn't see this? Was the man who organised those? No, 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 no. Started off with Keith Adelman. Yeah. Okay. He did them. And then Ken Fryer did it the year that Basic Game went before Gazidis arrived. So they were already a standing arrangement. And it, they started off because they were asked to support this trust event. And then they, they then also started doing a separate one for ISA. And then they combined them. And now it's basically all the supporters organisations get a quota of attendees. Um, they may not cut it off straight. I think they're going to peter out, to be honest. I'll say, as mentioned in the article, this is Cronky, a Missourian born and bred uh, St. Louis Rams fan, just took the money and moved them to Los Angeles. But in, in a way, though, it, it, doesn't do, it doesn't do Cronky any harm, does it? It's, it's not like it costs money. And it, it's not putting him under the spotlight yeah, the, the, like the AGM. I don't think Cronky you know. even knows the event. <laughs> 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 it doesn't know it happens, yeah. yeah. I, don't, yeah. Well, I don't think the other... Well, we'll, we'll see. I'll I think its future depends on the relationship between the supporters' organisations and their contacts in the club. I mean, for the point of the doubt, I hope that I'm wrong. I really, really do. But cynical me, looking at it with financial glasses on, mm. uh, well, knowing how evil Cronky is across his franchises, and we're part of that family now, so... How are the NA Rams getting on this year? They were doing really well last year. Yeah, they're, no, they're, they're doing quite well this year, actually. Now they've moved 1,800 miles away. Yeah, sure. They're doing um, all right, though. Well, yeah. With this new young coach that you brought in. But they're doing all right. They're not going to win the Super Bowl. So essentially, he's done the same with Arsenal. Got a new young coach in, and well, he's not a young them. coach. Henry's not a young coach. He's only forty-six. He's not thirty-one. Young mm. by my standards. Well, who isn't? <laughs> who isn't? Yeah. Um, right. On that note, I think because we've been going for an hour and five minutes, it is time to wrap up. So I will finish with the usual plug for the raison d'être of this here podcast. This season's second edition of the Guna went on sale before the recent home game versus Watford. It will remain on sale for the home matches against Leicester, Liverpool and Blackpool. It can also be bought online through the shop section of our website, onlineguna.com. You can also subscribe subscribe to receive the remaining five issues this season through the online store. A new issue will be out for the game against Wolves. As usual, a reminder that you can contact us regarding anything to do with the podcast via Twitter at Guna Podcast and email 
Gmail.com. Many thanks for your questions and topics submitted for today. And with that, it is goodbye from David. Goodbye. Steve. Goodbye. And Mike. Goodbye. We will be back with another podcast in November. Until then, this is your host, Kevin Witcher, saying goodbye and thanks for listening. la di da di da la di da di dee All good friends and jolly good company. Well, hey!